Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And today, we will continue on with these uh, team previews, and we'll take a look at Port Adelaide. And Richmond. But before we get stuck into that, Corey, where can listeners get us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, uh, NC Uncloud at Supercoach Elites. And you can also find us on our very beautiful website, www.supercoachelites.com, where all our daddy articles are uploaded all the way until the end of JLT. We'll be coming at you with them, and they're always a great read. So, so get on. I don't know. Josh Dunkley this week week. Uh, Bumps, yours are dropping tomorrow. Um, yes. You want to give the listeners a sneak peek? Oh, well, actually, it's, it's a good thing we're talking about Port today because I wrote about three Port rookies in my Bumps bargain section, so keep an eye out for that. Always something really, really good. Um, Bumps, just why we're here and before we kick off into things, I know it's a quick fire podcast, but I do just want to talk about our sponsors, uh, the guys at Exotic Limos, because a couple of weeks ago, I have mentioned this before, I was in the beautiful Bentley, um, a part of a wedding party in there, and geez, what a day it was! Driver was very professional, took us all the way around the city, ran around after us while uh, the girls went and got their lovely snaps done. Um, and you know, we had a couple of drinks in there as well, so they do a great job down there, the guys at Exotic Limo, and we just love having them on board. So, I cannot speak highly enough of their cars. Um, and Bombs, she'll be in another one at the end of this year. Well, I'll, I'll be in one and so will the missus down at, uh, well, whenever whenever we're getting hitched later in the year. And what have I got booked? I think I've got the, the Jeep, um, like the, the big kind of extended Jeep. And the missus has got the stretched Ferrari booked as well. So we couldn't be more excited to get ourselves in, into those things. We have had an experience ourselves here down at the Elite Standard Limos. And I'll tell you what, uh, if that's kind of the absolute standard that we get every single time you get into one of these vehicles, then we're in for an absolute treat on the, on the journey to our wedding. That's for sure. Do a buddy good job. And they've been uh, sponsors of our page for the last year. Um, and yeah, can't speak highly enough of them. But we need to start with the rookies for the Quick Fire podcast. Rookies slash cash cows. Bombs, you've written about three in tomorrow's. I don't know how you're going to condense that to one now, but good luck. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to condense it into one either, but I think the key is, uh, considering I've written about all three, get yourself uh, onto the website and have a look at them. But the three I wrote about was actually, I wrote about Rosie, I wrote about Butters, and I wrote about Dersma. That was actually their top three picks from last year. So I'm only going to pick one of them, and the one I'm going to pick is actually Butters, because I feel like he's the one that's been spoken about the absolute least right now, and that's where I want to start. Butters was taken with their second selection. He's a little bit more pricey, pricey, 157k midfielder. And probably the reason why people aren't looking at him is that there's a few other cheaper options. You know, Bewley, North, Hine, Gibbons, all these sort of players that have uh, that kind of made themselves um, part of our benches at the moment. But let me tell you something about Butters. I have not heard anyone being spoken about so much from the Port Adelaide camp but being so blatantly missed in the Supercoach world um, from the Port Adelaide coaches. Uh, I think it was after the intra-club game. And you know, Corey, when reporters, they start asking questions, how did you think Rosie went today? How did Robbie Gray do? They do all this sort of stuff. I, I urge people to go have a look at Michael Voss after the intra-club game. The amount of time he mentioned Butters unprovoked 
and kind of insinuated about how much this bloke would uh, have an effect on the team, I'll tell you, is incredible. Now, he's a smaller type player. He's probably going to play in that kind of that sort of forward pocket role, but he's got really good speed and really um, and really good kind of footy smarts about him. I think this is one that we need to be watch out for, and I think this is going to be someone who's going to catch our eyes in the JLT, and I'm calling it now. He's going to have a good JLT, uh, one, two, three. He'll play all three of them. And I think we'll see him debut in uh, in round number one. But um, if we have a look at his uh, kind of numbers from last year, averaged 20 touches, half of those contested, four tackles and four clearances a game. But look, like I said, I, I think what we'll see is a little bit more forward pocket kind of role because he can play that. But I think with them losing Wingard and Polek, there's positions available um, in that Port Adelaide side. And I think he's definitely going to take one of them. Well, they definitely need some help. I think they're... Uh... Yeah, they need to get some games into the, the, the young lads down at Port. Um, pick 12, too, Zach Butters. I didn't realise they had so many yep, picks. they had on. three. Yep. They had three. Uh, my favourite thing is when you open the champion data prospectus and you've got Frico says, all I can think of South Park whenever I hear the name Butters. Uh, before, we started this, before we started this podcast, I said that to you, and I hadn't even looked at his uh, prospectus writings either. So... Yeah. Although you did just spend an extraordinarily amount of amount of time kind of reading the prospectus, so it wouldn't surprise me if subconsciously, Corey, you picked it's up some of stuff. Yeah, what a great one. Well, I am a big uh, South Park fanatic too, <laughs> so uh, we'll leave that for a, another time. Story for another time. Um, I'm not going to go. One of the rookies that they took this year. I'm going to send. You can read all about them in Bond's article tomorrow. We're going to go back to 2016. Your pick 33, William Drew. Uh, William with an E M at the end. Um, didn't play. Oh, I played one game due, uh, last season due to injury. All reports are killing it in the preseason. Training well. Uh, getting plenty of ball. Looked great in the intra club the other day. Before um, Wines got that injury in earlier in the preseason, there was already talks about William Drew potentially getting a shot um, at running through the midfield at some stage. So as soon as Wines went na- he, as soon as Wines went down, William Drew's name was the first one that popped up. Um, wasn't known for great uh, contested footy in his early days, but he has gone to the Sandford before. He has picked up. He has worked on his inside craft. And again, Michael Voss has spoken very, very highly of William Drew before. And I think we could potentially even see a round one debut for William Drew. So keep an eye out on him in the JLT because he's going to be a super interesting one. Tell you what, Bombs, if you ever need someone to pump your tyres, give Michael Voss a call. Yeah. He's well, uh, <laughs> he's very good at it. <laughs> and you know what? Look, maybe that's his role, but sometimes it's all about reading between the lines a little bit. It's not about how much he pumps it rather than the way he pumps it, if that makes any sense to you whatsoever. But public speaker. Yeah, very good public speaker. Have a listen, but it's not only Michael Voss. I've heard some of the other assistants. I've heard Hinkley talk about these players too. They love they love some of the young talent they've got there. And I think they realised they made a big boo-boo last year when they recruited Watson and all that. They did a bit of a clean-out of some of the other players, and they're going to inject some youth and pace pace into the team. And uh, we, as super coaches, we're going to reap so many benefits from Port Adelaide rookies, I think, this year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're not wrong. A couple of others to keep an eye out for. Dersma, uh, Butters, all in your article. 
who's yeah. the other one? Rosie. Ah, uh, Rosie. Rosie. And he's the one. He's copped a shitload of hype in the preseason too. Yeah. So there's Drew, there's Joe Atley. They've got just a number of them, and they've got a number of players around probably 200k as well who who might be able to kind of just kind of step in and fill a role as well. Joe is going to be so interesting with how many. Mm. Uh, moving on to the mid prices. Mid prices. Well, I'll kick us off with Ryan Burden now. Port Adelaide have a lot of these players, and the reason why I like Ryan Burden is, well, apart from the obvious skill and kind of his debut season with Hawthorne, is that I don't think he's playing in that back line. I, I had a look, real good look at Port Adelaide's list kind of profile, and they have so many of these half-back or medium-type defenders. Think, think about it. They've got Broadbent coming back from injury. You've got Hamish Hartler flying around. They've got Darcy Byrne-Jones, Riley Bonner. Dan Houston, you can throw Ryan Burden into that conversation. They went and recruited Sam Mays from the Brisbane Lions. They have so many of these type of players, they can't possibly fit all of them into one back line. Some of them are going to have to push into the midfield, and Burden, I think, is going to be one who could push up into a kind of a wing kind of position. Um, I don't particularly like many of the Port Adelaide um, mid-prices. There's one other one that I like that I know you kind of called him and you wanted to speak about him uh, kind of pre-pod uh, when we did a little, just just a quick little chat between us. Um, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stick with Burden because I think Burden is someone who's got potential to kind of average 90. But I, look, I, I won't encourage it. I don't think it's likely, but it sure as hell wouldn't surprise me to see him do something like that. The one that we were all pretty big on last year, remember in the preseason. Yeah. I think he would have featured in my Hawthorne podcast um, back then from memory. Now, thank you for leaving the other one. Um, very kind of you. It's Matty Broadbent at 261k. Only just fits into that little mould, but I think he's one that we're all... No one's really paying any attention to because we haven't seen him go yet and he hasn't really been super, uh, super, super, super coach relevant in the past. But I think he's one that could be a little bit sneaky probably score some points during the JLT, and we might start seeing some people want it making taking a risk on him, actually. 261k, he killed it in the intra-club the other day. Uh, played off that half-back flank, took intercept marks, drilled the ball down the line with metres gained, and the other interesting thing too, Bonds... Took a couple kickouts, and I think no, we are no. going to see. I think we are going to see Rodman on kickouts this year. I think that he's probably going to float between maybe an eighty to eighty-five average, maybe a little yeah. bit lower. Um, but at eighty to eighty-five, you definitely take him with that part price. So monitor yeah. him during the JLT. I'm not saying go pick him up now, but he's one that I've put a big circle around and in the Ports JLT game as well as their rookies, he's one that I want to keep a serious eye on just because of that price. He's 200k underpriced. Now, he was very, very stiff not to get a mention in the uh, Bonds bargain section before I transition to kind of focus more on rookies because I think that's what the, the viewers kind of want. But very, very stiff because at two, what was he, about 260, something like that, He's someone that fits, you know, that he should be in the conversation with Dill Robertson and Brody Smith, and, and to a lesser extent, Zach Williams, who's a little bit more pricey. But he should definitely be in that conversation because he could he could do just as much as the other three. Um, pr- the other three probably are, are more likely to kind of break into a top six, top eight, top ten defender. But Broadbent will sure as hell give you seventy at an absolute minimum, and when you pay two sixty for someone. Averaging 70, you know you're making some cash. Uh, moving on to the premium. 
Well, I mean, there's not much here up for discussion. I think there's probably only two players. Um, uh, and I don't know which one you want to go, so I'll just take the obvious one and I'll say Robbie Gray. I think it's obvious. We, we know what we're going to get from him. We know if he plays midfield, he's probably going to be, well, this year he'd be the number two forward because we've got dangers down there. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to his role. And look, I don't think anything's going to change. He's going to kind of play forward pocket. He's going to have a stint of six weeks or so through the midfield, and people are going to go bananas for him. But it all this will all, this will all come down to understand what you're buying. If you can understand that you're going to buy a bloke who's going to produce a few scores of sixty and then produce a few scores of one twenty plus, then you kind of just got to ride those waves of momentum. For me, someone like Robbie Gray, I won't start the year with. And that's purely based on the fact that I just want some consistent numbers being banged out because teams are going to be pretty similar to start the year and a 60 from one of your premiums could be the difference between an early early season win and an early season loss. What was his team selected by? Uh, currently, I'm not too. I'm not too sure. Look, I'd eight percent. That, that'll be my guess as I get it up. Now he's on ten percent of teams. So yeah. Oh, this, look, I don't. I don't really see that logic. I think we've got so many great picks around him. Do you think he's going to play midfield or forward? I think we're going to see exactly what we see saw last year, and I think we're more likely to see him start off in the forward line. Yeah, I'm so worried about. It. I mean, I mean, maybe people are thinking Ollie Wine's going down. They've just lost Wingard. Someone they might need a bit of experience for that midfield. And Pollock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Pollock as well. Yeah, definitely could be rolling be great, but. Not one that I'm really, really willing to risk the start of the season on, like you just mentioned mm. before. Look, mine was Robbie Gray as well. Um, I'm not really sold on the West off role this year. I'm a little bit scared. The reason I went and selected Robbie Gray is, well, off the current day crop of players, he's been top 10 finisher in the last four years. So, <laughs> of the four line players. So, I, you know. <sighs> but I think he'll be top 10 again. I'm just scared. I think I think at the end of the day, his average will kind of bring him to a top ten. But you you know where I mean the community probably knows one now. We're big on leagues, and I and I think kind of what I said earlier around I think starting him, particularly if you're playing for leagues, is probably not the right move, unless we get information that kind of says first six to eight weeks, yeah, we're injecting Robbie into the midfield. That's the only way I can kind of encourage starting the season with him. Yeah, yeah, strongly agree. Strongly agree. Anything else to add on Port? You want to talk about Westoff for a little bit? or? No, not particularly. Look, I think Westoff is still relevant in the mummy conversation, but we know what's going on, tribunal review, all that sort of stuff, or the fornox for people who don't understand who mummy is. But I think at the end of the day, Westoff, I don't think, can back up what he was able to produce last year. And that's because, now, I think I said this actually a while back when we had one of our Ford podcasts, but do you recall how many times Westoff had averaged over 90 in his career? Uh, was it once? No, so I think it was right on 90, if we include that. It was kind of three times. Last year was only the first time over 100, though. So I certainly wouldn't be paying uh, that kind of price for someone like uh, Westoff. And who knows what kind of role he's going to need to play this year. Charlie Dixon just going down as well. Yeah. Look, he'll play a bit of everything. But I think when they recruited Lyset, he loses a little bit of the kind of ruck time. Maybe that impacts the two hitouts to advantage. He kind of gets a game, but maybe he floats around on the wing more as opposed to uh, kind of in the ruck. So, yeah, I, I think we just miss Westoff. And I think, look, given his price, we could pay that price for Westoff at round 12 when we've seen runs on the board. But I don't think we should be paying it now because it's more likely to fail than succeed. 
plenty of those players out there. All right, let's jump across to the Tigers. And you well, no, we won't. We won't jump across because you continually do it. You forget about the ball, the big oh, call, the man. gutsy call, the outrageous statement. Outlandish you statement. forget the outlandish statement. That's the word. You forget <laughs> about it every single time. Are you aware yeah, of that? Yeah, well... Maybe the outlandish statement is going to be that I might remember an outlandish statement on my podcast. <laughs> I'll give you an outlandish statement, though. We are going to have five Port Adelaide rookies make $200,000 or more this season. Okay. We're going to see five of them. Yep. Um, like, sub 200k players. Like the GWS and Gold Coast of old, that Essendon year when they had no players yep. as well. All the top so, players, that's what's going to happen. So Port's going to be our team for money. They locked the bank. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, good. Uh, my outlandish statement. Um, God, see, it's probably why I forget it because I can never think of one. I probably should write them down before we even get on the pod. That might help. <laughs> uh, my outlandish statement. Oh, Port will have no players. Oh, no, nah, because Ollie Wines will. Right, Ollie Wines will be the only player at the end of the season to finish over 500k for Port Adelaide. That is, that is a big call. Yeah. Only Ollie Wines. No one yeah. else. Or maybe a couple of your rookies as well. But. Yeah, well, yeah, they're virtually guaranteed. Can we move on to Richard now? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Right, beautiful. You start us off with your cash here. All right. Now, this one here is uh, the pick number 20 of this year's draft. Also, last year's draft. Their first pick, and it's Rolly Collier Dawkins, who lined up in the midfield in the intra club game. Uh, they kind of just went by, had a pretty good game from that as well. And, and kind of the, the words coming out of Richmond is that they're pretty happy with the way he's progressing. Who knows if he's going to actually start the year, but I think at some stage we'll kind of see him. He's going to be like, who's the one we had last year? Who was it Higgins? I think that didn't start the year and he came in at some yeah. point. I think Richmond yeah. will do a similar thing here. I think that's a kind of a formula that they're kind of comfortable with. Um, but I think at some point we will see him. So he's a good-sized player. He's, he stands at 190 centimetres. He's a ball winner as well. He, look, he only averaged 18 touches in the TAC Cup. But, look, from what they saw from him is he wins a lot of contested ball, and I, and I think that's something Richmond like about him. I think we're going to see players like Grigg, kind of move out uh, of kind of like the best 22 and stuff like that. And, you know, there may be a position or two for a young guy to sort of come in and, and see if they can sort of fill a void for, who knows, a, a small part of the season as they try and to, to pursue their second premiership in three years. Mine was also RCD, um, but I think mm. the only way we're going to see him is probably through injury. The difference between him and Higo last year, and that's, like you said, he didn't even get a given to him at the start. He really had to earn it, was that Higo was probably a top five talent in that draft, but he was just overlooked because he was so small. Um, and then, obviously, Richmond took the gamble, picked him up at, I think it was pick 16 or whatever it was, and, you know, the rest is history. The thing with Riley Collier Dawson was he wasn't the first player they wanted there. It was obviously uh, Stocker. But, mm. you know, Carlton move up in the draft and the rest is history. And RCD ends up there. But they did want a big body contested player. That's what they got. Apparently played all right in the intra-club game the other day. But if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't really see any Richmond... Um, rookies debuting anytime soon or becoming a cash cow option for us. 
maybe one might pop up in the JLT, but I think Richmond have a pretty strong core, you know, of the best probably 22 to 25, and I can't really see any of those young players breaking in just yet. Noah Bolter might get a spot across half-back if someone gets yeah. injured. Um, I'm telling you, he is. It might not even be at half-back. He may, look, he may even be a smoky chance for round one, and we kind of made that offish kind of comment in uh, in, the, in the kind of the crossover pod we did. But Bolter, let me tell you, calls he's every chance to be there round one. He's a good player. He's a very, very underrated player. No, Bolter, his VFL last, form last year was exceptional. Um, but yeah, I can't really see Richmond breaking. And why would you? They're going to be a top four team. Maybe at the back end of the season where they're absolutely dominating and they give players a chance, but I think injury is going to have to strike them for a lot of players to pop up. Hope I'm wrong. Hope we get one early. Your mid-pricer. Well, it's a little bit hard to pick a Richmond mid-pricer, but I'm going to go to a guy that we called a premium last year, and it's going to be Brandon Ellis. So, apparently lined up in the midfield. Now, I kind of get, and I understand that in a intra-club game, when all your talent is divided between two teams, that you're probably unlikely to line up in the position you're actually playing in. But I think if we can see all of a sudden on a wing, this is a guy who's averaged mid to high 90s on multiple occasions over his career. And if we can see him back on that wing when he kind of just racks up those uncontested marks and those kicks and just to get involved in chains, this is someone who could go to the next level and become a premium player. I really like that pick. I didn't actually even think of him when we were talking yeah. about it before. But, uh, you know, I'm a big Brandon Nulls fan. of. Yeah, and, so, and you love his cousin more than anything. Yeah, yeah, Ellis, and that's probably more. I don't think they're actually related. But <laughs> they're probably not. No, no definitely <laughs> not. Um, my one is the 465K, Jaden Short. I actually wrote an article about mm. him a couple maybe last week, so if you want to go out and check some more stats, you're more than welcome to, to jump on, but this is just some crazy numbers, ranked first for meters game per game last year, ranked 18th for rebound 50s per game, ranked 10th for total rebound 50s, 11th for bounces per game, bombs. that's a good stat that you love, and 6th <laughs> for total bounces. Um, the one player that I really likened him to, and it was, I will tend to do this a little bit, it was actually Rory Laird, I went through and had a look at their first three seasons and, and kind of the, the ball-collecting numbers and the games played and their super coach scores and, 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 you know, obviously what happened the next year. Rory Led was a you know, touch higher in every category. He's a class talent. We know how good he was. But, yeah, they're very, very similar. So if you want to jump on the website and check that out, you definitely can there too. But it was about this year that Rory Led really took his super coach game to another level, um, disposal-wise as well. And I think we could see a little bit more from Jaden Short in his fourth seasons. He'll definitely be on kickouts because he's one of those players that's extremely accurate on both. He can kick both left and right sided. He is ambidextrous, um, but can launch the ball as well. So I don't think I've been more excited to talk about a mid-price player yet. Uh, Jaden Short is one that I'm not taking a risk on. He sat in my team for about four seconds before he came back out, but I would not be surprised if he broke into that top ten even, I wouldn't even be surprised if he finishes a top six midfielder come the end of the season. I do not have big enough cojones to put him in there. Well, given what he done last year, and you reeled off those stats, you know, number one for metres gained, etc., etc., what more could he do 
to actually elevate himself another 15 points. Well, I mean, that would be he was concern. extremely inaccurate last year, which is weird because coming through his TAC in his junior years, he was one of the most accurate kicks um, in that whole pool of players that came through. So I think a lot of those just roosting the ball long kind of almost counteract his um, game a little bit with turnovers and things like that. I think you see players kind of mature around this age and, and get a bit more of a feel for the game and get into space and get time and be able to use the ball. So I do feel that Short's game is going to improve and I think that Supercoach average is going to improve as well. And I, I get your argument because the funny thing is, is I'm about to make the same argument when we get to the next player. Um, oh, is it Dusty Martin? Yeah, it is Dusty. It is Dusty Martin as the premium too. So let's face it, we'll both talk about him, but you start us off. Well, the thing that I worry about with Dusty, and look, I love Dusty. I picked him last year after that incredible 2017. But the one thing that really worries me is his his season wasn't bad last year. It was actually a good year. Um, the injury that came at the back end, of course, probably hindered it a little bit. He just wasn't as dynamic, I don't think, or game-changing. I don't know, but he's like he's still Dustin Martin. But he's probably not going to average more than 27 disposals a game. He's going to do the things that he needs to do to get the team in front and to get them on the board and, and win early. But, you know, Supercoach, that's a real... Uh, in the moment kind of game where you know more points are awarded for certain things that you do and um, there's a lot of the, the bias that you talk about, Bonds. And Dustin <laughs> Martin is probably almost still was one of the best players like champion data ranking points last season. And to see his average jump down so much is something that really, really scares me. The one thing that I think is going to work for him is when he does go and rest forward, and it is that 66 starting situation. And imagine Dustin Martin at the feet of Tom Lynch. I mean, that's going to be really scary. He's going to kick goals too. So there are worse risks out there than Dustin Martin. I've selected him before. I've played with teams that have had Dustin Martin in them. But, yeah, I just I worry so much because last year wasn't a bad year for him in terms of player performance. Numbers. Yeah. Look, he's someone who... And this is my position. The only reason I'd pick him is to counteract every other team that's picked him and in the in the hope that he may go that 115 again. If I'm being realistic, he's averaged over 110 once in his career, and that was two years back. This is a guy who, you know, we've picked every... We've, we've had him for the last decade in our team because he's always been available as a forward. But to only average above 110 once in your career is a pretty damning stat. It's just that that year was so bloody good. It just it just worries me a little bit. I what don't think he, he's gonna. Sorry, what did he average that year that he won the 119, 119 and a bit? Which still the year that he had in terms of breaking numbers and the best year of AFL you've ever seen. You think seen that's a one thirty, don't you? Yeah. I know, and and this is and this is the thing. So if I'm back in my gut, I'm saying don't pick him. I'm saying I don't want him. I don't want a bar of him, right? But if I decide just to you know bitch out a little bit and just kind of just be very very vanilla with my team, I know he's going to play 22 games. There's no worry about that. His injury concern. He only missed a game last year because he took off to New Zealand or something, didn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, with the situation with his dad or whatever. 
So, I mean, there's no injury concern whatsoever. You know that he's going to always kind of average mid to high 20 touches and kick his 30 to 40 goals on any given season. Like I said right at the start, the only reason or the only way I see myself picking him is because I'm scared he could be that 120 player. But if I'm backing my gut, I'm saying, no, he's not that 120 player and I don't want a bar of him. The scariest part about last year too was the games that, he lost for you with the games where he's scoring 70s or 80s or there was a lot of yeah. them in there. He's, he's, and this is the thing, we're not knocking Dustin Martin as a player. There's, there's arguably not too many all-round better players in the AFL than Dustin Martin right now. It's just you, you got to have a look at how good he's been and then the worries here and, yeah, the super coach numbers that don't really stack up for how good he plays. The guy's a freak. He's actually so good. Um... But the way Richmond play, they're just such a team-orientated team. Now, I, I doubt you would have put too much thought into it, but that stat that I said about teams finishing in the top top of the ladder, oh, yep. having you know two top players each year mm-hmm. besides Richmond, mm-hmm. is this going to... like? Will the numbers skew in any way for you? Like, do you think that changes things? Do you think Richmond can be one of those teams that, because they're a good chance to finish top of the ladder this year, that will put more point scorers out there, or are they still going to put you that selfless team that just shares so many points around? Yeah. I just think sometimes that's a little bit of coincidence. And, you know, me, I love a good stat, but that's probably one that I don't buy into um, much at all. Like, Players will do what they do um, as long as they have players on the pitch contributing, and whether that's distributed evenly or if it's tailored towards you know their top sort of half dozen, then so be it. But not something I I consider at all. I read something else today that they had actually had four hundred and was four hundred ninety five more meters gained. I can't remember where I seen this done actually. I'm not sure if it was in the prospectus or not. Like 490,000. Uh, 490, yeah, sorry. 4,956 more metres gained from handballs than the next best side. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but think about it, though. Who in their team is really a kicker or a long kicker? Uh, think, like, if you think about it, I mean, Martin's really the only one. So it kind of makes sense when you think about it from that perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, I mean, who else kicks the ball? Think of think of like their players are in the midfield. Cochin doesn't kick it a lot, and if he does, it's kind of like a short, dinky kick. Yeah. I mean, Greg doesn't do it a lot. Uh, Lambert doesn't, you know, kick They're just gut runners. They just run, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Just... yeah. Anyway, Dusty at the moment is owned by 34% of teams as well. Wow. Yeah. And, and look, it might just be the price point. It might just be the fact that he's hovering that 560K and people feel like they might be able to squeeze in an extra mid-price or something by... Uh, I have him in there, but he's in a high percentage of teams, and and that just goes back to my sort of comments before around I may only do it because of the percentage of teams he's in, just because it'd be like something really safe to do. Well, and I he's think, probably not going to average under one hundred and five. I think there's a lot of teams that have a mid pricer in there, not a mid pricer, but a mid premium bracketed guy. I mean, I know me and you are both massive on Zach Merritt, but Duncan mm. Crouch and all those players because they need to spend money for Gordon Grundy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, who knows? Outlandish statement. Outlandish statement. Um, well, Dustin Martin's average underneath a hundred. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Jaden Short to enter the elite and finish as a top six defender. Mm. Yeah. That is outlandish. Beautiful. Um, 
can you run the group? We've had a lot of questions about the group code. Do you want to, do you want to give us a bit of a lowdown through that? Well, essentially, we just want to get everyone, uh, well, not everyone, but as much of the community as we can into our Supercoach Elites group now. I haven't done a tally as to how many people we got in there, but last time I did, and we're probably looking at you know, a week, a week and a half ago now, we had well over 200 entrants into it. So if you go into the league section, do not click on league and join league. Go over to the right where it says groups in between leagues and rivalries. Select groups, select join a group and enter this code. The code is 661452. That's 661452. The top three overall point scorers in that group will receive a prize from us at the end of the year. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, but it's likely to be a Supercoach Elite's branded T-shirt. It is. Um, Beautiful, great quality too. Wow. Phenomenal. They make good indoor cricket t-shirts i wear mine weekly and i can't tell you the amount of times it's been through the washer it would have been in there at least 50 times because i've got no other clothes Corey. i mean i'm all, just on the same sort of cycles here yeah. and i mean the thing's still in perfect condition they're absolutely phenomenal um but again like i said the top three overall uh point scorers uh you get yourselves on the t-shirt it's free to enter so why not go into the group section and enter that code 661452 Cannot hurt. All right, Elitist, on behalf of Bombs and myself, uh, peace out and thanks for listening.